<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey, friend. You're listening to the Nicole Walters Podcast. I'm a former six-figure corporate executive who woke up every morning feeling stuck in the life that I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and built a multi-seven-figure business showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing girls, and a wife to my crazy, kooky, dancing husband. I've had a couple of viral videos too, so you know there's going to be a lot of laughs here. So whether you've seen me on my viral vids, or on the Today Show, or read about me in Forbes, this is the place where we can meet, share stories, share laughs, and share fun. I'm your best friend in your head. So sit back, listen close, and let's get started. Hey friend, what if I told you that the thing that you're wishing and working for is actually much smaller than you deserve. I think that most of us have it ingrained in us that we are supposed to be humble. And being humble is whenever we receive something big or whenever something huge happens in our life, we're supposed to say, well, that's better than I deserve. We're supposed to be shocked and surprised. And we're supposed to sit here and say to ourselves that all we want is something that's just a little bit less, that we just want a small reprieve from our discomfort. If I only made this much, that would be fine. If my kid could only get this much, that would be fine. If I could just get this amount of space, that would be fine. It's almost like our society has taught us that it's more respected to think small instead of thinking big. But I want to tell you that you've got to let go of that and you've got to let go of it today because the odds are even your version of thinking big is still pretty small. What if I told you that there's impact, wealth, experiences, things that you don't even know exist because you dream too small? Things for your kids, things for your future, people that you are going to impact and reach that are beyond your wildest dreams, but you're thinking too small. Let me tell you how I found that out. So I used to work in the corporate insurance game for over a decade. I was pretty good at it. I was a senior executive with the international division of a Fortune 500 company. We made billions of dollars every quarter. That's every three months we brought in billions. It was some big 
hitter stuff. And one of the aspects of my job, because I worked in product development and sales, was to entertain my clients and entertain our brokers. And so what did that mean? It meant that a couple times a year, we flew everybody to a fancy locale. And when I say fancy, I mean the Cayman Islands. I mean top resorts. Fancy. Fancier than I'd ever seen. Fancier than ever came out of my budget. And it was at these locations that we would wine them, dine them, introduce them to our products, and make sure that they had a great feel for what our company had to offer and hopefully would sign over their accounts to us. I'd just gotten this job and I was the youngest in my division. I was 24 to the next executives, 57. It was amazing that I got in here, but I'd put in the time and the work and I was showing myself to be someone who was definitely worthy to be there. Now, even though I knew that I'd had a seat at the table, you can know that it definitely hadn't registered with me. I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to make sure that everyone knew I was worthy of this role. This trip was a big one. We were going to Orange County, California. Now, the Orange County I'd heard of was the one from Bravo, Real Housewives. Fancy women who went out to dinners and did posh things, drove Lamborghinis and escaped to luxurious locales, walks on the beach in the morning and multi-million dollar mansions. It was a world that I was not familiar with. I mean, at this point, I was only 12 years away from sleeping on a couch every day. So I remember getting ready for this trip and basically doing the best I could. I could only think within the realm that I understood. I went to Loft. You guys know Loft, right? Ann Taylor Loft is in the mall and bought some stuff on sale, walked straight to the back of the clearance section. I went to Target to supplement because I just couldn't afford everything from Loft. Put together the best outfits I could figure out. I'm pretty sure nothing cost over 50 bucks. Packed up my bag hopped on my flight, and headed to meet the rest of my team and these top-tier clients in California. I remember getting off the flight at John Wayne Airport, and this was my second time to California. The first time was Los Angeles, and anyone who knows anything about California knows two different worlds. Out here, it wasn't smoggy. It wasn't as crowded. It was beautiful. I hop into a taxi a little bit nervous about the $30 fee to get to the resort. But I remember saying to myself, well, this is a big trip and I'm sure the company can handle it. Little did I know, they were not worried about my $30. On the ride there, I remember having my face basically smashed against the glass of the taxi. Maybe I'd get a glimpse of a housewife. (laughs) But I do know what I saw was Mercedes and fancy cars. I mean, I just couldn't believe the things that I was seeing. People carrying handbags that cost more than an entire month of my mortgage. I was someplace else. (laughs) This ain't home anymore. We pull up at the resort and immediately I was awestruck. I'd never seen anything like this before. The fanciest place I'd stayed before here was a Doubletree Hotel. And I felt bad asking for an extra cookie. We pull up to the front. And it's just magnificent. Ocean views, fireplaces everywhere, a massive chandelier, floral arrangements, people buzzing about, but doing it with an air of ease. 
families dressed in all white. Listen, there's nothing that says you're rich than putting your kids in white, okay? Listen, I don't have time to do that laundry and I definitely don't have time to buy those new clothes. (laughs) But I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. I could barely find the front desk because this lobby was so massive. But I make my way over there. And when I get to the front desk, I do my check-in and they tell me that I'll be escorted down to the bungalows. I'm like, okay, is bungalow a word for room? (laughs) I was way, way, way out of my element. They gesture to the front where I meet the bellhop. But unlike most hotels, if a hotel even has a bellhop, I'd never been to one with one. This guy's sitting on a golf cart. And he says to me, can I help you with your bags? Bags? Plural. I only brought one. And it's this Vera Bradley cloth duffel on my shoulder. I got it. He insists, grabs the bag, and puts it on the back of the golf cart. I say to him, I'm a little confused. I I just need to go to my room. I don't know where we're going. And he was like, oh, no, ma'am. I'm going to drive you there. (sighs) I take a deep breath, and I sit down next to him, which apparently is unusual. Usually you sit behind the driver. But he drives me to my room, which I got to tell you was about... 150 feet away, a two-minute walk at a decent clip. (laughs) But this was a high-end facility, a five-star resort. They're going to drive me there because, God forbid, I walk too far. We get to the room, and he walks me in. I remember trying to close the door in front of his face, and he's like, ma'am, I'd like to get you situated. (sighs) Sigh, I'm so awkward. We step into the room, and I remember sucking in just a little bit of air. It was the view. Throughout the room, I could see wall to wall the Pacific Ocean. It was breathtaking, literally breathtaking. I'd never seen anything like this in my entire life. While I'm staring at this view, the bellboy is walking around and he's saying some things. There's how the TV works and your fireplace is like this. We have such and such amenities. I'm only half hearing what he's saying because I know that I've never been any place like this before. It felt like I'd stepped into someone's home, but a home with a level of decadence luxury that I, I'd never even imagined before. At some point, I was jarred out of my stupor because he stopped talking. I looked back towards the front door and he's standing there. Is there anything else I can do for you, Miss Walters? Uh, no, I'm, I'm fine. Thanks. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. He continues to stand there. And he's just looking at me. I'm totally confused at this point. I don't know what I did wrong, and I don't know why he won't go, but he's just staring at me. Are you sure, Miss Walters? Is there anything else I can do to make sure that your stay is comfortable? No, I'm fine. (laughs) Thank you. And he's just staring. Finally, he leaves. And as soon as I hear the click of the door close, I realize I was supposed to tip him. Little did he know, I was so far out of my element. I didn't even have the cash to tip him. If my company wasn't covering it, there was no way I could come up with it. Not at a place like this. I needed that $5 in my pocket. I locked the door securely behind me and I turned back around, almost like seeing that view for the very first time. I go to take one step in this marble foyer of this room, this bungalow, and I feel my legs get weak underneath me. I collapsed to the floor. The floor felt cold against my face. 
but I could feel hot tears streaming down. I'm sobbing. They weren't tears of sadness. They weren't exactly tears of gratitude. They were tears of shock, disbelief. I used to think that the Doubletree was the nicest hotel I'd ever seen. I realized that this poor girl didn't even know that there was a whole world out there, a whole place where people existed, something beyond my wildest dreams. It wasn't even that I was caught up in thinking I wasn't worthy or deserving. I mean, there was that too. I couldn't even believe that God had carried my feet to this place. But I realized that I'd been setting goals for myself that were limited to what I'd already experienced rather than what I hoped to experience. I also realized, and it wasn't lost on me in that moment, on that floor, that God wanted me to see this. That part of why these things have been placed in front of me, this world being so open and so big, was because I needed to see this so I could recalibrate my expectations so that I could stop dreaming small and stop playing small and start thinking and believing and acting and doing on a level that was worthy of where I was supposed to be. That trip was challenging for me. I ate in restaurants that I never, ever would have afforded before. I remember being nervous about what I ordered because I didn't want to appear to take advantage of the company dime. Little did I know, these are no bars held weekend. You do whatever, you spend whatever. That's what that billion dollars that you work towards is for. I just didn't understand the decadence. I didn't understand the luxury. I was unfamiliar. I was just a poor girl from D.C. who'd never seen anything like this, who spent more hours in her dad's cab than sitting by a luxury pool. But I was here. I had a seat at the table. I was afforded and gifted the opportunity to see things that other people never had. It's kind of like how you have access to things like Instagram and podcast and social media. Sometimes these things feel like tools that are used to challenge us, that make us feel bad. Sometimes we get caught up in the comparison game. But also understand that some people don't even have access to seeing people live lives that we can only dream and aspire to. The question is, how are you taking that information and processing it? Are you looking at it and saying this is something that can never be? Or are you looking at it and are you saying to yourself, it's only a matter of time? When I left this weekend, I remember feeling so challenged. I also remember saying to myself, could I ever get back here on my own, with my own business and in God's time? I wanted to be able to experience these things, and I wanted to experience them with my own flexibility. I wanted to experience them to show my husband and my kids someday these worlds, these worlds that if you're super poor, no one even tells you about. I just wondered if I could ever get back here. This was seven years ago, before the business, before the blog started taking off, when I was deep in trying to make corporate work for me. It was before the tinies, and it was just a couple years into marriage. But God was already working in my life back then, before I even knew him the way he knew me. He was showing me what was to come. Since then, 
I've built something special, a community of rich friends. You. This past weekend, I invited almost 500 of my closest rich friends to Atlanta for an experience. It was learning and it was fun, but mostly it was like a summer camp reunion. It's called 1K One Day Live, and hopefully you were there. But if you weren't, hopefully you followed along on social. Man, we had fun. And we learned. And we had breakthroughs. And we made money on site. We built something that we were proud of, that was impactful, sustainable, and profitable. We started realizing that we're called to do something more. And it's not just for us, but it's for each other. We're determined to use our God-given gifts to make change in this world and to profit from them so we can continue to fund this path that we're on. The other thing that I realized at this event is that thinking big is not something that you suddenly learn how to do and never forget. Sure, that trip to Orange County forced me to think bigger, but it doesn't mean that I permanently have that gift. I have to keep working at it. Whenever something new presents itself, I have to say to myself, what if it was bigger? What if it was bigger? What if it was bigger? It's something that CEOs do. It's something that excellent parents do. It's something that people who are looking to make a difference in this world do. We always say, what if we could do it bigger? This weekend, I realized that this community, this thing that we built here, our rich friends, our relationships are bigger than I thought. And honestly, I've taken a week to kind of cope and adjust to that. It's something to realize that you've got these internet friends and internet aunties. It's another thing to get into a room with them and feel the energy and the hugs and the prayers and the love and the support. It was just big. And I'm adjusting. I'm grateful, but I'm adjusting. Because what happened this weekend for me was another marble floor moment. I couldn't believe that I thought it was so much smaller than it actually was. And seeing those hundreds of people in front of me willing to step up to their purpose, well, I realized that it all could be much bigger. Since then, since what happened this weekend, I've kind of been on the floor. I recognize that God fulfills all promises. I wanted to tell you, friend, that while you're listening to this in the car or in the kitchen or while working out or on a walk, I'm talking to you from Orange County, from that same resort. Except there's a couple things that are really different. I got here on my own. I put the bill. This time, I got a villa, not a bungalow. <laughs> the view is a lot better. I can feel the floor, the marble floor in the foyer. But this time, I feel it beneath my knees as I fall to them and praise God for being the other person who got me here. The reason that I share this story with you is to simply say, experts will tell you, just think big, without realizing that for some of us, we can only dream as big as the world that we've actually seen. If we grew up poor or modestly, we may not even know what big looks like. And we will never be able to dream as big as God has for us. Think of your kids. Your seven-year-old ate an orange for the very first time. 
or went to a carnival for the first time and will definitely fall in love for the first time. You, as their parent, understand what they're in for. It's why you introduce them to these things. They may not have even had their very favorite food for the first time yet. As a God girl, I believe that that's what the world looks like from his perspective for us. He's got our favorite food. We've never even tried it, but we've got to show up to receive it. We can choose to move out of our comfort zones and realize that anything that we see God doing in anyone's life means that it can happen for us. When you see that Instagrammer on vacation in Fiji, don't sit there and say to yourself, oh, I wish I had that life. Instead, recognize that it means that there are flights to Fiji. And the only thing standing between you and them is what you need to do to get a ticket. And that mom that shed that baby weight way too fast, listen, (laughs) I don't know how homegirl did it, (laughs) but she did it. And understand that it does mean that veggies and exercise still work. And it also means, because she already did it, that there may be an expert, her, that might be able to help you get there. Or better yet, the business that you see flourishing online, the speech-delayed child that finally started speaking, the cancer that was healed, the marriage that was mended, all signs that God is in the neighborhood and your turn is coming. Do the work so that when he arrives to your house, you are ready. Speaking of ready, Sometimes we think we're making the right steps in the right direction, but other times we realize that choices add up to something that was never what we expected. I first learned this lesson in my marriage. I almost divorced the man of my dreams. I'm going to tell you why and how we've managed to stay together for 10 years, even while building a business, and we chat next time. I'm so glad we had this time together. Thanks so much for listening, friend. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to NicoleWalters.com. I'd love for us to stay in touch. So make sure you drop your email address so I can send you inspiration, business details, and the occasional funny story. And because I'm so generous, there might even be a selfie in the mix. (laughs) Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and come back soon.